0: Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to the Real Life Global Movement where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick ass English speaker?
1: Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, oh Aw, yeah. Oh
0: yeah. yeah. What is up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people from all over the world? I'm Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts, especially this podcast, is a fun, natural, effective, and... Moist. Way to learn English, so download this podcast right now and listen to us while you are stuck in traffic, watering your pot plants, grooming your cat, or even
1: trapped
0: in the rain uh yeah i'm joined here today in the virtual studio also known as the internet with the man mr v aka ethan what's up brother
1: not too much i am just uh as i said trapped in the rain you might hear a little bit in the background um this is probably the weirdest place i have ever recorded a podcast
0: Yeah, it actually looks pretty cool, though. I can see Ethan (laughs) through our little video conference here, and I can see that it is pissing down behind him.
1: Yeah, I'm just like, you know, hiding out until the rain stops, so I thought, why not flip on the mic and record a podcast?
0: Yeah, so um, pissing down, would you say that in the States?
1: No, I think that's more British or uh, Aussie.
0: Yeah, It's kind of rude. Because using the word piss, to piss down, piss means like to urinate, but yeah. in a more of an off, a vulgar way. How would, what would be a way to say it's raining?
1: It's raining cats and dogs.
0: Raining cats and dogs. Excellent. It's
1: really coming and, down. Uh,
0: it's really coming down. Yeah. Last one. Uh, is that why you said at the start, um, it's a moist way to learn English? <laughs> yeah,
1: if you're uh, caught in the rain, you might be getting a little bit wet, which is mm. moist is like a little bit wet.
0: Yeah. You don't want to get too wet though cuz you might get all pruney.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I've been I've been quite pruney since uh, uh the last like week or so. It's it's quite humid where I am right now.
0: Hmm. And where are you right now?
1: I'm in Bali, beautiful island in Indonesia.
0: Nice. So you have left Thailand and you've traveled to the southern parts of Asia further south of asia and you're now in, in bali man oh before um before you tell us more about that what does pruning mean we didn't really explain that
1: we didn't a prune is a dried plum it's like um it's something i think old people especially really enjoy because it's good for your digestive system and uh pruning is kind of just like if you think about a prune what it looks like it's all wrinkly so like when you sit in a hot tub for example for a long time or, or just water in general you your fingers uh or different parts of your body can start to look pruney.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's kinda like especially yeah, like your fingertips and it kinda feels kinda weird when you're all pruny. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, anyways, uh back to subject at hand. You are in Bali, Indonesia. What's going on there, man? What are you what are you thinking of the the place so far?
1: Um well this is so far this is the hardest that it has rained. Um but it's been awesome like I love it here I really wish I was spending more time actually
0: mm-hmm. yeah yeah so um one thing that I uh, me and Ethan were talking about earlier this week we actually tried to do the podcast earlier this week but we couldn't due to some technical difficulties but we were just talking about how awesome uh, you know learning English can be for all of our students and all you guys listening and one of the main purposes that we promote the learnings of English and becoming a a, a competent English speaker is to immerse yourself in different cultures, being a global citizen, Um, you know, just learning other languages is a great way to open up your understanding to cultural differences from all these different countries, and uh, Ethan, how have you been going with your global citizen learnings from from your travel so far?
1: Well, uh, I would say when I was in Thailand, I did a pretty piss-poor job.
0: A pretty what job, sorry, mate?
1: Piss-poor.
0: Piss-poor? Like it's pissing down rain?
1: Exactly. I I thought that would be another good pissing term.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why do you say piss-poor? When do we use that? Like a piss-poor job at being a global citizen?
1: Yeah, so it's like uh, another good way you might use that is like if you just did a piss-poor job on your homework, you just didn't bring your your best your full potential and i would say mm-hmm. like usually i'm really i'm really good about that when i travel like learning the local language talking to local people being really curious about their culture and immersing myself assimilating a little bit um but i just like really didn't do that in thailand i think i just showed very little interest in um in the local thai culture i, I learned only you know enough thai to get by um, Tired to get by Yeah, tied to get by
0: <laughs> What would to get <laughs> we by can make mean? A, you can make a little, a little course called Tired to get by uh, To get by means it's just A minimal amount that uh, You know, you can you can Use to survive Like uh, People might say, oh I don't say they're talking About how much money they make um, From their job They might say, oh I make enough money to get by It exactly. enough money to pay their pay their bills and kind of survive so you've learned enough Thai to get by i'm guessing you mean you can say hello and, and and thank you and please and just those kind of common formalities
1: yeah exactly and uh i learned like the numbers just so i could kind of ask in the supermarket how much things cost but beyond that my you know i have no communicative skills whatsoever
0: Mhm. And so, how does that? Uh, you said you you kind of regret that a little bit, right? You feel like you didn't really make the most out of your experience in Thailand.
1: Yeah, and kind of, I think just a little bit disappointed with myself because um, I do think that's like one of my my strong suits, one of my fortes, is, is that usually I do a really good job of like getting to know the culture because I, you know, I kind of like I'm interested in learning other people's perspectives, and I think I was more, instead of just being kind of more curious and trying to learn about uh people there's kind of viewpoints the way that they see the world i i was more um more judgmental you know kind of more thinking like uh instead of actually being open-minded i was definitely more just judgmental of their way of thinking
0: Mm -hmm. just because i didn't
1: i didn't make the effort to really understand it
0: yeah yeah judgmental you mean uh like just judging judgmentally in what sense like because you didn't understand the culture you you were because you found maybe some of their customs a little strange or a little um, obviously it's just stuff that you wouldn't do. So when you don't re- they don't you can't get them to explain their culture to you. You just get kind of lost and you you assume it's, it's like I don't know. You think you judge their actions like that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Instead of being like um, when someone does something that you don't really fully understand, instead of like being like huh, I wonder like why they think that way or why they do things that way. I would just kind of be yeah. all like, oh, it's like really annoying that they, you know, how, how can they do things that way, you know? Um, what's, a, uh,
0: what, what's a Thai thing like that that they did that you're like, what the fuck?
1: I think it's just kind of like there's a, there's a big thing about saving face. So, you know, people instead of – I've gotten quite used to Latin cultures where people kind of tell it how it is. Uh, mm. Like in Brazil, an, an example of that expression would be like in Brazil or in Spain – uh, people are very generally when you do something they don't like, they're very direct. But in Thailand, it's more the whole saving phase things. People, even when they're kind of like mad at you or they don't like something you did, they kind of will have this false politeness, this uh, passive oh, okay. ag- aggressiveness, which mm, kind of um, good vocabulary there. Yeah, that like kind of rubbed me the wrong way.
0: Okay, there you go. Finished off with another great expression. <laughs> so you said uh, save to save face, saving face. What does that mean? Somebody He's always saving face.
1: Yeah, so it's basically not doing things that make you look bad.
0: Mm -hmm. So it's not like, uh, in this case, uh, maybe if somebody um, wanted to, you know, tell you that you're an asshole or say something that, you know, oh, you're being selfish or something like that, they wouldn't say that because they they don't want to maybe stand out and people, oh, that guy's very... um, assertive in his communication maybe or he's very uh there's another word you said there like uh, you said tell it like it is
1: yeah tell it like it is basically to be truthful and like you know i, I think yeah. in latin cultures and generally it's very acceptable just to be like hey i, I don't like this like this thing that you did it's not cool um yeah. but if you do that in thailand it'd be like whoa you're like really aggressive like what's you know that's not okay mm. and in in uh I think, like in Spain or in Brazil, it would just be like that's just normal. And at first, maybe it seems off-putting if you're not from that culture. But then you kind of learn. Mm-hmm. At least I, I like that because I think it's better for, you know, your long-term relationship with people when you're more direct.
0: Yeah. So another thing you said to uh, that that behavior kind of rubs you the wrong way, and you also used the word you said it's off-putting. You want to explain them?
1: Yeah. So if something rubs you the wrong way. It kind of like. It just basically means like you don't like it. It's if something rubs you the wrong way, you kind of think of maybe when you pet an animal like a cat or a dog. If you do it um, <laughs> the wrong way, like they're going to probably run away because it doesn't feel good. So it's kind of <laughs> that that sort of sensation. Uh, and off-putting, you said, right? Yeah, off-putting. Off, yeah. Off-putting is just like something that um, it almost makes you like queasy or it gives you gives you a bad feeling inside. You know, when you yeah. see it.
0: it another way to explain it maybe would be um, like if you are about to eat some food and somebody um, like shows you something really disgusting or yeah. really gross or you know, you're know you like oh that put me off mm-hmm. my food so like using it as a phrase to put you off something or if you're about to do some radical sports like bungee jumping and you read the newspaper and you saw some guy died bungee jumping, that would probably put you off bungee jumping exactly. stop you from doing it yeah. Yeah. So if you use it as an adjective, you can say that is off-putting. It's the adjective form, so it's kind of like an adjective kind of phrase, right? Mm-hmm. Off-putting.
1: Exactly. Um, I think yeah. it, I think it's uh, you hit the nail on the head there.
0: <laughs> cool. <laughs> All right, man. So uh, we have uh, understood that you have been, been a very bad global citizen. You you haven't been. Uh, trying to learn the ways of the Thai people and try to mingle with them and understand their culture and history, oh. and that's given you a, or it's prevented you from having a really awesome experience in Thailand, so in this podcast, how about we just go over some key ways of being a positive traveling global citizen to try to help everybody make the most out of their experiences in different countries and just give them some general tips on how to do that.
1: Yeah, I think that's an awesome idea. Uh, First of all, you said uh, mingle. I hadn't been mingling with people. What does that mean?
0: Yeah, mingle is another way to say to kind of socialize and be very talkative. Like if you go to a party and you mingle a lot, it means you kind of chat to a lot of different people. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And if you go to a party and you bring some Pringles, (laughs) you can mingle with your Pringle. (laughs) Once you pop, you can't stop. (laughs) (laughs) That's of course the the
1: slogan of Pringles in the United States, because people might not understand This podcast was brought to you by Pringles (laughs) Crisps.
0: (laughs) Once you pop, you can't stop. We do not promote uh, Pringles in any way.
1: Although they are tasty.
0: They're bad. they're tasty, yeah. The interesting thing but when you... Go uh, straight, straight to the straight to the hips, mate.
1: <laughs> straight to the hips. What does that mean?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's what uh, people that are concerned about, uh, you know, uh, gaining weight when they eat bad foods, they might say, oh, I can't eat that. It goes straight to the hips. Mm-hmm. Specifically, women say that generally, because women who tend to uh, put on weight around the hips, men tend to get more of a, a, a belly. A uh, beer, beer gut. beer gut. Yeah. Yeah. The... the the big gut, the big belly from drinking too much beer, we just call it a beer gut
1: I was going to say about uh, Pringles, since we're not to go off on a tangent, but we are talking about traveling I think it's really interesting everywhere you go in the world, you see different flavors of Pringles, unique to and this happens with a lot of things, but I've noticed it with Pringles, like they have uh, nori seaweed flavored Pringles here in Southeast oh, wow. Asia which is, um, yeah, right. you know that sounds pretty, pretty delicious to me I haven't tried them yet, though, because yeah. they cost an arm and a leg.
0: Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> they Did you say they cost an arm and a leg? Exactly. Oh, what does that mean?
1: That means that uh, something is really expensive, so it's almost as if you have to trade your arm and one arm and one leg in order to buy that thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, here in Australia we have um, like Vegemite Pringles.
1: Ooh, that sounds really, really good.
0: I was maybe. joking. Well maybe we do. I oh. just I just create it. Yeah. Maybe you maybe. could just maybe dip, there is.
1: dip Pringles and Vegemite.
0: Yeah, you could do. It <laughs> might work. I've seen so uh, back to the tips.
1: Yeah. Um so I think you kinda mentioned one of them. I think Less chips, more tips. <laughs> You're just like full of the rhymes today.
0: <laughs> I know, I might start a rap career now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Gonna have to uh partner with Fluency MC. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs>
0: might have to battle him. Instead of partner <laughs> him, I'll battle, have a rap battle against Fluency MC. The ESL
1: rap battle. It all comes down to Chad Fishwick <laughs> versus Fluency MC. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, tips. Tips, boy. Give me some tips.
1: No raps, just no chips, just tips. Um, so we, you, you had already mentioned one that I think is really important, which is history. So, like, I, and and still to this day, I don't really know anything about Thai history, which I think before you go to a place, you really should have just, like, you don't have to, like, dive into it, but if you have, like, a notion of the general history of the country, I think it helps you a lot to understand the, um, the culture. Like, for example, here in Bali, um, I think something that's helped me a lot is I have some family friends here, and we're actually staying at their homestay, so, Hmm. um... I, we were just like we're doing a hike with uh, one of the girls today and she was telling – I was asking her a lot of questions about the history of Bali because I think when you when you know that, it helps you a lot to underst- – it gives you kind of an insight into a way that the culture has developed and a way that the people think even today. So the history is really yeah. important. And, and when I've traveled sure. in the past, I've definitely shown a lot more curiosity like before I went to Brazil – I learned all about um, the history of Brazil and, like, the politics a little bit. Even nowadays, same with uh, same goes for Spain. And even when I was in Japan, in Japan I've learned about some aspects of the history in the past. So I think that's kind of like mm-hmm. a, a fundamental basis before you go to a country. And I always find it very surprising that English learners, most English learners, have no notion as to the history of the United States or England or wherever they're interested in.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And I agree it helps. But in uh, just in some of the uh, some of the English learners defense, uh, probably a lot of Australians, I can't speak for people from the US, but even uh, a lot of Australians probably don't know Australian history, too. (laughs) That's fair. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think (laughs) like, uh, I think in a lot of ways, like, uh, I know a lot more about. For example, the history of Catalonia in Spain, I know a lot more about their history because I took a course in university about it than a lot of my friends yes. who live there do. But I think it's still yeah, here, yeah. it's more of a point of like just because the people there don't know about it, it can help you to kind of cultivate your own motivation to learn it because yeah. uh it's it's that aspect of curiosity. I think curiosity is extremely important. That's one of the top characteristics that I see overlapping in global citizens. Mm-hmm. It's just like a yeah. innate curiosity uh, that they develop about the culture and the history and the people, the food, all that, that uh, all that jazz.
0: Yeah, and I would also say that, uh, for example, what I said about Australians—who you know, people from here don't even know the culture—that doesn't change the fact that people coming here should learn about the culture because Australians are a reflection of the culture. Exactly, because they're from here so yep. it's like they don't really need to know the culture because they are kind of it yeah so the the reason it's good to learn about the culture is because it gives you more insight into why Australians have these customs why they act a certain way or why they behave in the way that they do behave so uh you know, you know what I'm saying I know what you're saying um cool I was going to say on that
1: note <laughs> as well it's just kind of uh it's kind of like grammar as well like uh, I think I think grammar is too forced in schools. Like I don't think you should be learning such a high degree of it uh, in relation to other aspects of the language. But I think uh, you know most Americans don't really have an understanding of grammar. Most English learners probably know more about grammar than than Americans or Australians do. Um, but it's still good that you know like some because it kind of it's it's like a, a it kind of frames the language for you. So I think you know, history frames the culture for you and grammar, the same way grammar kind of frames the language for you. Oh,
0: nice. I like that, that analogy and how they kind of cross over like that. Uh, you mentioned a word earlier and it's, it's like you said overlap. I forgot to stop you to... Uh, I think we've mentioned this in the podcast before, but mm-hmm. we'll just quickly explain overlap.
1: Yeah, overlap is like, uh, literally, it's like if you take one piece of paper and you partially cover it with another piece of paper you would say that like one piece of paper is overlapping the other one but uh you could say that there's a lot of overlap when two things have a lot in common
0: yeah like learning um like if i'm if i speak portuguese and i want to learn spanish i can say well luckily there's a lot of overlap between the languages so we'd probably learn quite quickly
1: yeah exactly even indonesian man there's uh the Portuguese settled in part of Indonesia, so the Indonesian language also has some Portuguese influence. So you might have oh, some, no way. some overlap there.
0: Oh cool. That's pretty interesting. <laughs> yeah, I was quite. I a had to learn some more about that. Indonesian history.
1: Exactly, before you uh, come to Bali yourself.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's right. Around, it's just just across the uh, the ocean there for me. Now it's pretty close, so I'm definitely wanting to check it out. I I can actually see some of the houses behind you and stuff, and it looks just like a kind of neighborhood right it's very cool like it's the street yeah it's there's like
1: rice paddies in uh in bali there's just like rice paddies everywhere so it's like you'll have the houses but then you have like just these expanses of green land so it's quite Hmm. uh breathtaking a lot of the the countryside here
0: oh breathtaking take my breath away (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what do you mean by breathtaking, man?
1: Breathtaking just means that something is is uh it literally be like it's so beautiful, or surprising, or or something like that that it leaves you without without breath, without air in your lungs.
0: Hmm. Yeah, you can uh, use it as a compliment to a beautiful woman. I I, I guess a woman <laughs> wouldn't really say it to a man, but you can, a man can you know anyway you can say to a woman. Wow, you are breathtaking. I mean, she's really beautiful. Yeah,
1: there's a really, if we can find it, there's a really funny clip from, or episode of Seinfeld, the TV series Seinfeld, that, like, Mm. plays with this word, the word breathtaking. So if we can find it, uh, a clip on YouTube, which I bet there is, we should post that in the show notes for people to get a, to wrap their head around that expression.
0: Yeah, yeah, wrap their head around means...
1: to understand... And to, yeah, to totally laugh good. as well, because it's a, it's a very funny show.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, let's we'll try to find it and whack it in the show notes of this, this episode. Uh, so moving along, the first tip was to understand the history a lot better and gives you more insight into the culture and the way people behave and act in that country. What are some other great tips to prepare yourself and help you be a more open-minded global citizen when it comes to traveling and language learning?
1: I think making uh making friends from that place or even mm. not close friends at least like meeting the locals talking to the locals.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh you obviously you didn't do that very much in Thailand. Have you started doing that there in Bali? And if so, how and where? Yeah. And what's her name? Anyone special? <laughs> huh? Huh? Um
1: <laughs> well in uh in Thailand I was yeah I wasn't good at that at all I like the only uh, friends that I made really in Thailand they were other expats or English teachers other we we call them phalongs because that's like the Thai word for uh, see like there I, I learned a little bit of Thai Phalong means guava like the fruit but that's what they call white people there so like all of my friends were phalong. they were all like other other foreigners who were uh, who were living there
0: mm-hmm. What is it called? A balong?
1: Falong with an F. F A N G.
0: Falong, okay.
1: Yeah. So that means uh, guava. So right. if you want to go to a Thai market and buy some guava, you can say falong. But also, uh, you'll hear a lot. That's that's like one of the reasons I learned is because sometimes people, Thai people, especially if you go to a place that's not as um, touristic, you get a lot of people that will just kind of like stare and like point at you, uh, and they'll be like, you'll hear them like say blah 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 falang blah blah blah, blah blah blah. So I, I would always know people were talking <laughs> about me when I would hear that word,
0: mm. and I just kind of like. Unless look at them. what if maybe what if you're standing right next to like a guava stand and you didn't realize? <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I was that you would say fall on fall on, fall on. <laughs> What the
1: hell? <laughs> I actually thought it was quite hilarious because like we went to a football uh, soccer game um, one one night and they had like this really good guava there like cu- it was like cut up. Um, and, like, so I just, like, went to get some, and I thought it was quite funny, like, the falong, ordering falong.
0: <laughs> Can I get, a uh, one falang for the Falon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, there you go, that's some cultural understanding of the country, you know, I feel like I know a little bit more about Thailand now, too.
1: <laughs> how to survive as a white person in
0: Thailand. <laughs> yeah. And also how to order some guava.
1: And how to order some guava, exactly. More important...
0: A guava originally from Thailand probably not right probably
1: not but the type I had
0: there was very
1: different than like in in Brazil it's like very seedy I never really ate it like I just drank it in juices because like the fruit eating the fruit isn't that pleasant because the seeds but the guava mm. in uh, Thailand it was like very sweet and um it didn't like have those seeds it was it was just kind of like crisp and very quite nice you know
0: mm-hmm yeah right sweet <laughs> I loved a little bit of guava
1: but anyway, moving on um, from, from Guava <laughs> I think that uh, yeah, yeah. So you, how, how else did you make friends
0: that, and meet people?
1: Well, I think part of the problems too Was that I was living in a in Not as big or, or necessarily um, Like multicultural of a, of a city So it was kind of hard for me to meet Thai people Who had a good level of English But I also probably could have been more outgoing. Maybe just to go up to people in cafes or something and and start talking to them. I definitely Mm -hmm. could could recognize that. I think people who who are able to do that they tend to pick up the language very quickly because they quickly will overcome their shyness. Because you know, if you're actually putting yourself out there to speak to someone, then it's going to help you to um, you know to also overcome the shyness of trying to speak the language
0: yeah well i want to just quickly explain to put yourself out there
1: it's to do something that kind of makes you vulnerable so it's yeah it's uh maybe if you're shy especially it's quite difficult to go up to people you don't know and start a conversation with them so we would say you're putting yourself out there by talking to them
0: Mm -hmm. it's like you kind of taking a risk too
1: exactly like you might be rejected although it's probably not that likely like if you just go up you're willing to overcome that initial awkwardness. Usually, people are pretty friendly, and they'll, you know, if you, especially if you're asking questions, showing curiosity. Uh, I think yeah. that people, people, you know, will will be very open and friendly, no matter where they're from.
0: Yeah. So I saw this uh, this uh, video on a, maybe it was my Facebook feed or something like that. If I, I'll try to find it and post it in the show notes too. So if you guys are listening, go check it out in the show notes or just Google it because you might find it. And uh the story was a guy who um he was sick of uh, he you know he was walking to work or catching the bus or train to work or something like that every day and he was always just like fixated on his um, mobile his his cell phone and he made a conscious decision. He's like I'm gonna stop doing this and I'm gonna meet at least one new person every day for a year so he would literally like force himself to speak to at least one person introduce himself say hi what's up blah 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 whatever. And uh, he had to do that every day. And it's really cool because, you know, some, on Sundays he would meet people that he was like, whoa, that's crazy. Like, you know, he, he, I forgot who they were. He met, like, um, people who were, like, professional dancers, people who um, was someone who, someone who had actually invented something, you know. Like just, it was just a pr- surprise at just how easy it started to get and how cool the people that he met actually were. And I think eventually he actually um, met someone that helped him get a new job.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. all about the networking.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah, and, uh, and putting uh, what, yourself out you there, said, you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. You said this is a it's a documentary yeah. or it's a it's a YouTube video or
0: Oh, no, it was just a, it was a it was a um I think it might have been on like the Daily Mail website. I'm not too sure, something like that. One of those um I think I saw it on Facebook. It was just like a very quick Two-minute video just showing the the case, you know. Oh uh, yeah, you'll
1: that. have to. We'll have to post that in the show notes, and you'll have to also uh, pass it to me. I actually had, because I I have this issue that I'm kind of like shy at first when I when uh, before I meet people. Like once I meet people, I definitely open up more and I'm a lot less shy. But that kind of initial first talking to people. So I had mm-hmm. actually made a goal for myself. I, I every year I tried to do kind of like a planning and and goal setting. So like one of them was to do. A month where like 30 30 days talking to a stranger every day
0: mm, that's cool so it could yeah, be a uh, nice little challenge there.
1: someone to look up to for that for that goal
0: yeah yeah i'll try to find it and make sure i send it to you and post it in the show notes of this podcast for sure and uh man so that's two tips do we have anything else any maybe any uh Anything to leave them with? Any big ideas to help them become better global citizens and not like your pathetic (laughs) excuse of a global citizen in Thailand?
1: Yeah. Um, Well, I would say at least a couple more more things. I think one we already kind of talked about a bit, so we don't have to go into too much depth, but learning some basics of the language. So whether this is going to an English-speaking country and learning it. I mean, even if you, you know, we Americans, we have the excuse that we can go anywhere and people you can find people who speak English but I think if you learn some words of the of the language, even if you speak English well and you could communicate with people in English if you learn a few words of the local language it definitely creates a connection much faster
0: yeah, yeah. so
1: uh, I've been trying to do a better job of that here they have two languages so I've learned like a little bit of Indonesian, a little bit of Balinese um, and then the uh, the last one I was going to say. Uh, is maybe learning about kind of more co- taking taking an interest in more cultural aspects. Uh, so, like that could be food, it could be dancing, it could be some other sort of traditional art or something like that. Just anything that that is kind of very tied to that place. I think like one, it can help you to meet new people, uh, especially locals. If you if you take up dancing, you take up some sort of art or cooking or anything anything along those lines. Um, it definitely helps you meet locals. And, and when you do that, it's like you, Chad, when you took up Capoeira. I think that probably helped you get immersed in Brazilian culture really fast when you move there.
0: Mm, yeah, definitely.
1: So that's like a, that's a big segue into that. And I think, like too, it, it kind of encompasses all the other things we talked about. So the language, the history, the and I think kind of gives you insight into people's way of thinking from that culture. So I think that's definitely one of the best things you can do. If you're visiting, if you're um, even if you're just in a place for, for a week, or if you're living there, try to do something that's related with the, the culture, the art, um, And you know, it's just a great way to meet new people, start talking to them and understand their way of seeing the world better, which that's really your doorway into global citizenship. I think the more people you can talk to, the more different ways of seeing the world that you can expose yourself to. The faster that you're going to just open your mind to how similar we are as people, and kind of like how how mm-hmm. those little differences are are so small in comparison to all the big things that connect us all as uh, as human beings.
0: Hmm. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's really cool, and that's um, yeah, and that's definitely not everybody has that desire, or maybe not everybody has really uh, had that realization of. Everything that you just said. An uh, example is because I'm just re- reminded of. I think you told me even there, in, I'm not sure if it was in Thailand or in Indonesia or Bali, um, that kind of Australians aren't really well. Ex- <laughs> not that they're, they're just like. They have a bad rap. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah, here in Bali for uh, sure.
0: Yeah, because a lot of people, a lot of Australians, young, more younger people, they go there. Maybe they go there to go surfing and. But they also go there pretty much just to kind of get drunk and have party, go crazy, and and with with that they don't really respect the local culture. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something you have to kind of look out for. And I, I notice that sometimes when I go to certain places traveling and I see like a big group of Australian dudes, of guys, they oh you know I obviously don't judge a book by its cover, but most of the time. They're kind of a little bit abusive to the locals and the culture. You know, they they don't respect us. So I try to kind of avoid that kind of behavior. and yeah. I know that's uh, the total opposite of a global citizen because you're pretty much taking your negative—not it's negative—but you know, your party culture. You're kind of taking that with you on your trip, and that should be left back. At your, you know, obviously you can have fun, but not at anyone else's expense. You know.
1: Yeah, I think too something I never really understand is that. Um, people when they when they travel they tend to act a lot differently i mean not all people but a lot of people like you're saying they act a lot differently than they would at home so like maybe for example australians probably if they're partying in australia they're probably still very respectful to the local law and like kind of local customs in general but then like when they travel they they turn into like different people they're totally disrespectful of the you know throwing their trash about and just kind of like breaking things and being destructive and loud and yeah. and so it's like you're you're just giving a really bad impression abroad of, of people from your country when maybe, you know, if you just would take that kind of minimum respect of learning a little bit of the language, a little bit a bit about the culture, and not just um, being drunk and and destructive, then you know people would not, uh, as you said, you wouldn't you wouldn't have such a bad rap abroad.
0: Yeah, what's a uh, bad rap?
1: Yeah, so that's uh, it's basically like a reputation, right? It's probably what that comes. Yeah, from. yeah.
0: So it's kind of yeah, like. But oh, we say it's like it we say rap, but they're not rep, right? Yeah, it should be reputation, but it it's a bad rap.
1: Exactly, and like, like you said, like here not here in Bali, because it's like uh, I think it's kind of party central for Australians here and also Southern Thailand. People tend to think of Australians mm. as just being very, like party animals. Like they just come here to drink. And they're destructive and loud and stuff. And good old Chad, if he came to they Italy, he'd he'd be learning Indonesian and meeting locals and surfing, just chilling out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. It sounds like my kind of vibe. And uh, But I do think we are probably preaching to the choir here because we know anyone that probably listens to our podcast actually wouldn't behave like, you know, they're probably people that just love to travel and love to meet new cultures and love to learn about new places, but, um, yeah, unfortunately, that kind of, like, tourism happens quite a lot and can ruin it for the rest of us.
1: Exactly, exactly. But, so. yeah,
0: what do I mean by preaching to the choir? Preaching. Or I just throw that in there?
1: Yeah, that's a great expression. Preaching to the choir, it's like, uh, you literally think of preaching is, for example, in a church when the priest gives a sermon, he's preaching to, you know, the people who are listening. Um, so when you say preaching to the choir, it, it means basically that you're telling, you're you're talking to people, or trying to convince people of something that already have the same opinion as you do.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Like all of our amazing global citizen English learning listeners out there, we love you guys, and we hope that uh, you've learned a lot from Ethan's well. First of all, his bad experience in Thailand and what he kind of learned from that, all oh, not that he learned that, but it kind of reinforced stuff that he already knew. Kind so of. You, uh, um, how long you... S-
1: it kind of hmm. made me think and and want to like turn a new leaf here in in Indonesia.
0: Turn a new leaf. What yeah. does that mean?
1: S- kind of start over, start start anew. So, I've tried to do a better job here than I did in Thailand.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Looks looks like uh looks like a great place man i'm really excited to uh <laughs> check out bali pretty soon for sure except for the rain obviously yeah it's, it's it's got, it's got tro- tropical rain it looks pretty nice actually it's
1: island weather yeah it's like it'll it was like sunny all morning and then you get a bit of rain and then it's sunny again clear blue skies
0: so yeah yeah so what are your plans for the rest of your uh, time in bali there any uh any cool things going on? Definitely.
1: Tomorrow, um, I'm getting up at 2 a.m. to take a bus to uh to climb a, one of the tallest volcanoes here for sunrise. So I'm Ooh. I'm pretty psyched about that. And um and I guess I'm going to go to like a monkey forest. And I don't really know what else I'm I'm doing here, but uh, I'm just loving the vibe here. It's a it's a great place to be.
0: Yeah, loving the vibe. Uh, <laughs> That's a cool, that's a cool chill, that I express, just loving the vibe. Yeah. Um, so, talking about uh, loving the vibe, I have a, uh, have you heard of a band called, the? Uh, it's just called Temper Trap? Yes,
1: I have. I, uh, I used to really dig their music.
0: Because you know that it, they're an Australian band, but you know that the uh, lead singer is Indonesian.
1: Oh, really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So that, yeah. So that sounds like a great, uh, a great band to maybe play them out with then today
0: yeah do you have any off the top of your head can you think of any cool song? I have a list of their songs here but do you have any that you can remember the name of that you would like to share or should we just choose one here randomly
1: uh, I can I'm just trying to quickly look up their songs because I don't remember the name but I used to have a favorite um, fader sweet
0: disposition fader okay fader was my favorite f- one of my favorites sweet,
1: sweet disposition is also oh. really good
0: but. yeah yeah well, let's let's go with fader because that was one of your favorites Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. So uh, thank all of you guys for listening. If you want to contact me, it's chat at RealLifeGlobal.com is my email address. And, e- and Ethan's email address is?
1: Ethan at RealLifeGlobal.com.
0: Excellent. And if you want to see the show notes of this podcast, just go to our website, RealLifeGlobal.com. Click on podcasts in the nav bar, and you'll see this podcast is number one hundred and forty-one or right. two.
1: Uh, I think one forty-one because we've I done. I think one forty-one. Second time we're not one forty-one.
0: <laughs> yeah, if it's not one forty-one, it's one forty-two. You'll find it. Uh, all right, guys. So uh, thank you so much, and we need to tune out with a oh yeah in T minus three, two one aww, aww yeah, yeah.